Mary Oldham grew up in a village in the UK called Chilwell, just five miles from Nottingham. And when she grew up, Mary really loved books. One of her first jobs was working at her local library every Saturday. And after graduating from high school at the age of 16, she started working there full-time. Eventually, she took the path to become a librarian herself, and she moved away from home. I first came to Wales in the 1960s to do my library diploma in Aberystwyth. And three years later, I found myself working here in the old county of Montgomeryshire as the school's librarian. And the, the cultural centre of the, those years was, and still is, Gregonog Hall. Gregonog Hall is what you and I might think of as a typical English estate. A big house, a huge lawn, right in the centre of a village. Concerts, festivals, performances... All sorts of incredible things happen at Gregonog Hall. The place is a crown jewel for Wales and the people who live there. And it's all because of two women that Mary has come to know really well, the Davies sisters. They are who turned this estate into a treasure trove for the arts. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're visiting Mary's workplace, Greganog Hall, to learn about two sisters who went to war, used their fortune for good deeds, and helped to create an arts and music hub for their entire community. More after this. time I took a road trip. How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Greganog Hall dates back to the 16th century. The historic house in the heart of rural Montgomeryshire, Wales, was once owned by the descendants of Welsh princes. It sits on 750 acres of land. It's huge. It's surrounded by luscious green gardens, all well-tended and neatly planted. The main house, which is a mansion, has a timber frame. And because it's so old, the outside is weathered to gray and white. But the inside is full of color. That's because of the sisters I mentioned earlier, 
Gwendolyn and Margaret Davies. They purchased this mansion in 1920 from their brother. Mary, who is both the librarian and historian at Greganog Hall, says the sisters were exposed to the arts and music at an early age. They traveled widely to Europe to study art history, and they were particularly fans of Impressionist art. They bought their first Monet's, which were seen in Venice. It took off from there, really. And they realized from the beginning that they were collecting important pictures that would be the foundation of a national collection. Imagine a home with more than 300 pieces of art, artworks by Monet, Renoir, Cezanne, and Van Gogh. It was an art collector's dream. I mean, there are collectors today, and there are very wealthy collectors, but this was before art had become a commodity that you invested in on the financial markets. They were collecting for the art, not for the value of them. And I think we have to bear that in mind. Together, the sisters created one of the most important private collections in Britain and donated a total of 260 works to the National Museum of Wales in the mid-20th century. There were other parts of the sisters' biography that made them stand out. For starters, Gwendolyn and Margaret Davies were very wealthy women. They were granddaughters of David Davies, one of the greatest Victorian entrepreneurs of the 19th century. He was a pioneer of the coal industry in South Wales. When he passed away in 1890, his son Edward Davies, father of Gwendolyn and Margaret, succeeded him. He divided the money equally among his children. And the fact that he left the fortune equally between the three children meant that Gwendolyn and Margaret were independently wealthy of their brother. Now, this was unusual for the time because the whole idea was that you wanted to create a dynasty, so you left everything to the eldest son, and the assumption would be that the daughters would marry, etc., etc. But no, Edward did not take that attitude. They got an equal share. And their fortune did not go to waste. The whole family had a very strong religious tradition. They were members of the Calvinistic Methodist Church, which is a very, very strict nonconformist church. So they had a completely different approach to... What to use money for? You know, if you made a lot of money, it was your moral responsibility to do good with it for others. Public service was also a family tradition. And the art collecting sisters also took up more serious pursuits, like being wartime nurses. Months before the beginning of World War I, the sisters and their brother helped hundreds of Belgians who were fleeing their homes from the German army find refuge in Britain. But with Gwendolyn and Margaret Davis's particular interest in the arts, they were very keen to find homes for Belgian artists and to bring them to Wales, where they thought it would be very a very useful stimulus to the creation of art and to the improvements of the arts in general in Wales. Among these artists were the distinguished sculptor George Minnie and the painter Valerius de Sadelier. The Davies family found homes for both of them in mid-Wales and supported them throughout the war. Their drawings, sculptures, and paintings hang on the walls of Greginog Hall as an expression of their gratitude. But their effort to support people at war didn't stop there. In France, the Davies sisters joined the French Red Cross to help French troops who were often neglected by their military superiors. And they ended up running 
a canteen for French soldiers, and it was called the Cantine des Anglais. And this went on for quite a number of periods between 1915 and 1918, early 1918. I think that really struck home to them very much. Their feelings grew throughout the wartime period that um, it would be up to them to really try to do what they could when they got back from the war to help people rebuild their lives. And this is when they got the idea to venture into their next project. After coming home from war, the sisters were determined to help those that they saw suffer on the front lines rebuild their lives by enriching them through the arts and through music. So they bought the mansion from their brother to transform it into a cultural center for all to enjoy. They were rich in their own rights, and uh, that was terribly important. But they'd also set up this great family tradition for philanthropy. Now the owners of Greganog Hall, they established the Greganog Press, home to the finest hand-printed books of the era. They hosted music concerts, conferences, and festivals like the Greganog Music Festival, where Europe's leading classical artists came to rural Wales. But this all came to a pause when the sisters were called into service once again. World War II was underway, and the sisters were determined to make Greganog Hall a refuge. All their pictures were packed up and stored in the National Library in, in Aberystwyth or in the caves up in Snowdonia, like the pictures from the National Gallery. And the house became a Red Cross convalescent home for soldiers coming who'd been injured. The house became a Red Cross nursing home for the troops and all those affected by the war. During the last year of the war, in 1945, they hosted a group of Dutch girls who had just gone through the German occupation of their country. At Gregenog Hall, the girls received good food and help with their trauma. In 1990, a group of those Dutch girls had a reunion here. And I met a great many of them. And they all had these marvelous stories to tell of how incredible it had been to be in a peaceful part of the world. One lady said to me, I'll never forget the milk, she said. There was so much milk. Now, these were children of about 12, 13. You know, it was the first good food they'd probably had in their whole of their lives. Throughout her years at Greganog Hall, Mary has spent some of her time reading the diaries and letters that belong to Gwendolyn and Margaret. It helped her get to know their individual personalities. Well, they were very different. Um, Margaret was much shyer. She tended to take a bit of a back seat in the um, creation of Greganog as we know it. The, the really active one person there was Gwendolyn, the elder sister. She was actually very musical and so was very interested in musical, the musical life of the hall. Gwendolyn, who was the oldest sister, died in 1952. I think Margaret, in a way, was quite content to be here on her own, although she must have found it very lonely because she did a huge amount of painting in that time. Margaret passed away in 1963, but the sisters' legacy has remained strong. Following their deaths, the estate was left in the hands of the University of Wales. And in 2013, Greganog Hall was declared a national nature reserve. 
Efforts are underway to protect the ancient oaks and the rare lichens that grow there. Recently, a charitable organization took over the hall from the university, promising to keep the sisters' vision of it being a space to enrich people's lives with arts and music. Lately, Mary has been contemplating her own next chapter, but says her curiosity to discover more about Greganog Hall doesn't actually stop her from leaving the estate. It's actually become part of my genetic makeup. I won't really retire. Um, I mean, I will probably not come here and do, you know, the general work that I do, maintaining the library and so forth. But um, in the research that I, I recently, I hope, completed about the earlier state, um, has actually raised so many questions about re- future research projects that I will always, you know, if I live to be as old as Nancy Pelosi, I will, um, I will still be researching Grudemark Hall. I will. If you ever find yourself in Wales, please go check out Greganog Hall. It's an incredible place. It's open every day from 9 to 5. This episode was produced by Manolo Morales. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.